0: Yes, I promise. I'll see you on down the trail. A longtime friend from high school, Beth Hymer-Joya, flew into Springfield Sunday night. Her brother, Mark Hymer, had passed away in Oklahoma. We messaged back and forth about the loss. Ironically, I was just thinking about the loss of my brother five years ago this week and had started writing this column. Beth's dad, Jack, was the minister for a time at First Baptist Church here in Aurora, My dad's first job was helping to build that church in 1950 when he and mother moved to Aurora for work after World War II. Their homes were in Northwest Arkansas and reports indicated Aurora was growing economically after the war. This conversation triggered some memories as I thought about where I was five years ago. Jack Heimer preached at First Baptist in the 1970s and was here for at least three years. Beth and her siblings were here closer to five years in total, if I recall. I remember her brother Mark well. He was smart, funny, and kind. My brother was too, unless you picked on someone he loved. My brother Randy and I talked about tons of things. We liked talking about heaven, underdogs, and then the people that we would see there, our sweet mama, daddy, grandpa Herman, grandma Marie, grandpa Frank. Grandma Carrie, aunts, uncles, and friends who had gone on ahead to hold us a spot. We thought it was just going to be grand. He's been gone from this earth five years now, five years today, in fact. Five years this week, I at last held his hand and told him goodbye. It doesn't seem possible. Yet at the same time, I hear his voice and I see him almost everywhere I go. He was such a character. He was my protector when we were little. He fixed my breakfast and my hair religiously when he was about 16 years old and mom was in the hospital. He scrutinized my boyfriends and gave me tons of sage advice. I didn't ever take all of it, but he gave it nonetheless. He loved what we were doing at the old Armory Alumni Center. He loved driving the back roads. He relished in being a hound dog. He loved hot summer days and a cool breeze across his face. He enjoyed going to the creek, eating a big ripe tomato, playing pitch, and men's softball for teams like Tap Jack and Armo Electric. Jerry Windler even showed up to the Ozarks Methodist Manor in his old uniform to visit. He loved people, most of the time. He sort of had a sixth sense for the turds and manipulators, and he would let you know how he felt about you. He also felt like what was on the inside mattered way more than what was on the outside. He believed in character, grit, and determination. Once he was your friend, he always had your back. When he would introduce me as a guest on his Saturday morning radio show at KSWM KKBL, the Saturday morning shootout, he would slowly enunciate each of my fine names and indicate I had the longest name in Aurora, Jennifer Kim Estes McCulley Mobley. And he talked about me like I was a law firm. He accused me of stringing all my last names together so I'd know where I'd been. It was true. Ironically, his son, Chad Outlaw Junior Estes, has a radio show called the Saturday Morning Shoot Around. His dad is proud. Chad just wrapped up his 200th show. He was exactly right about me, though. Growing up, we shared a love of all things Aurora, hound dogs, history, politics, books and movies, and we'd always say, you can only know where you're going when you know where you've been. We would end up talking about our visions of heaven, the pearly gates, the streets of gold, and the people who would be lined up to meet us. That always came up in our conversations. He got to go there first on a pretty Friday morning, August 17th of 2018, and I am more than a little jealous. I almost got to join him a couple of years ago, though I tell a joke that the devil didn't know what he was going to do with me, and God said, oh, hold off, she'll be collecting artifacts for a museum and painting murals up here. She needs to go back for a while longer. She'll mess with our routine. I could just see Randy dancing the Estes Stomp with Mama, playing catch with Dad, scraping up a pitch game with his pals, Sonny and Little Red, and probably getting Jesus as his partner because maybe the Savior wouldn't mess things up. Only God could help you if you ever played the wrong card. He spent years covering sports for the Aurora Advertiser, writing a popular column called From Under the Bench. He also had a long and colorful career as a stringer for Hank Billings at the the News Leader. He would introduce me to Hank and get me hired, too, and devoted a great portion of his life as a radio announcer, morning show personality, and sales representative. He worked for KSWM and KKBL in Aurora, Monette, KBTN in Neo Show, Rock 99, and KWTO in Springfield, and eventually Channel 33. He covers Southwest Missouri sports, murder trials, manhunts, council meetings, school board sessions, and did a great deal of play-by-play with his old pal, Everett Archer. I went to work for him in the late 1970s as a reporter, feature writer, and photographer. I worked on the obituaries and typed up the school menus. It wasn't easy having your brother as your boss, but I learned a great deal from him. I learned the value of truth and integrity, shooting straight, and getting the facts just right on the page. I learned how important it is for people to trust you he had his quick wit and humor to the end he told me he was proud of his kids and grandchildren as well as his extended family and friends they were going to be his legacy in the days weeks months and years ahead he also told me his friends were amongst the finest folks in the world mentioning men like jack mensch and scott pettit who had been loyal to him since childhood he told us brian fogel was one of the best things to ever come out of aurora and that his friend carolyn had been praying with him almost every night on the phone. Hey, handsome, I sure do love those blue eyes, I said to him every time I walked in his room. Whose eyes, he said. Yours, I always replied. Your eyes, too, he whispered. Yes, I nodded. Mine, too. Then I thought about the big blue eyes of his son and his daughter, Cody. Once a dog, always a dog, he always said. It's on his tombstone today in Maple Park. Randy told us he had lived a good life, cramming lots of things into those 65 years. He described himself as a Northtown boy, a staunch Democrat, a diehard hound dog, a backslidden Baptist, a proud father and grandfather, and a man who was at peace. He said he had married two beautiful women who had given him two beautiful children. He said he never dated any ugly girls, and his mama was perfect in his eyes. He had survived numerous things after being run over by a stock car in the 1970s and being bucked off a runaway horse on a trail ride in the 1980s. Both events resulted in severe injuries to his legs. Despite predictions and doctor's orders, he came back to play men's softball with his beloved teammates, who were like family to him. We always said that people didn't really die, as long as you continue to talk about them and share their stories. We will have hundreds of stories to share about Randall, Snowbird, Peeps, and the old outlaw in the years to come. He was proud of the work he had done here, chronicling the lives of athletes, citizens, and leaders. He loved being on the radio and cheering on his beloved hound dogs. He hated losers, whiners, and complainers. He loved underdogs, long shots, and winners. He went out a winner. He always came to play. He loved to quote lines from old movies, and he often told me the quote from John Wayne and Rooster Cogburn. Baby sister, I was born game, and I intend to go out that way. He also loved the last thing Augustus McRae says to his friends in Lonesome Dove. Woodrow, it's been quite a party. He told us, I've outlived Abraham Lincoln, Elvis, John F. Kennedy, and Jesus. It doesn't get any better than that. He always started off his 95.9 radio show with the song by George Thorogood, Bad to the Bone. He ended the show with Greg Allman's I'm No Angel. He loved to sing The Road Goes On Forever, Jerry Jeff Walker's Redneck mother, and James McMurtry's red dress. I sat with him on a bar stool at the VFW in Monette a few weeks before we had to say goodbye. I had driven over to look for him. He wasn't hard to find. We listened to some music. His eyes danced, and he talked about his life. He had been to Dewey Pennell's 80th birthday party, and he shared some stories with me from the past about his basketball days and how Jack Minch's mom had to frantically cut his hair one day before a game so that he could board the bus. As he introduced me to some of his friends, he told me I was ruining his image when I told them he was such a sweet little boy. He passed out some Hills and Hollows magazines, pointing out my column, and we talked about our book project we'd been working on together for the past few years. Now all I need to do is put an introduction and conclusion on it. Ironically, one of his chapters is about death. We walked outside to his blue truck, and he hugged me as he opened the door. His big blue eyes just danced. Within a few weeks, We would have him at the emergency room in Monette and would soon find out our time with him was short. Too short. If I listen closely, I can hear him recite the last words of each Saturday morning shootout radio show with his iconic line. I'll see you on down the trail. Yes, Randall, you will. In the words of your son, it was a bit of a chip off the old block. I promise.